the weekly sparkly burlesque podcast about two black showgirls living, loving, and training in San Diego from an unapologetically black femme perspective. I am Sepia Jewel, the seductress of slay. And I am Torlisha Divine, the black gold goddess. Thank you all so much for accepting our invitation to dine and dish with us. Now, grab a plate and have a seat at the table because you're about to get served. Music is my religion, Jimi Hendrix. Hi! Hello! Hi! Why is it so fucking creepy when you do it? Oh my god! Okay. Welcome to Showgirl Sunday Dinner! Hey! Yay! Uh, so we have a special guest again. Yes, we do, and we're so excited about this guest. <laughs> yes. The amazing, fierce, phenomenal Coco Lamar is with us! Yes! Thank you for having me. Yeah, Coco made us do it. (laughs) Miss Coco is the owner and slayer of Flutter Tribe Studios. Uh, She is also the creator, producer, and choreographer for the Pixie Sticks Burlesque, and also a fantastic soloist in her own right. And in between all that, produces all the student showcases. It's a lot. And being a mom. Yeah. And being a wife. (laughs) And all that stuff. So, you know, the fact that she even carved out some time for us, we're super, super thankful and grateful. So, yay. I'm just glad you guys asked me. This is great. Exciting. (laughs) So, now we will roll into our sparkle and shine, as we always do to start things off. This week, my sparkle and shine goes out to the amazingly fantastic Egypt Black Nile. Uh, this woman kind of like spun into my life like a tornado girl and <laughs> took over. Um, and I could not be more grateful. I am now sitting with a crowd in my house because I am the <laughs> ambassador. <Yes! laughs> For the bronze beauties of burlesque. Um, yeah, so that happened. And just, you know, <laughs> trying to adjust and wrap my head around it and figure out what I'm going to do with it. But I'm super grateful. There's going to be a bunch of stuff coming up. Just being able to work with this person one-on-one and have her in my life as a resource as someone that I can talk to is just invaluable. So thank you, Egypt, for trusting me. Thank you for believing in me. And thank you for investing with me. Um, I love you. My sparkle and shine is Coco's husband, Sky Masters. Sky has been beating me into shape um, for this new act that is a style I haven't done in forever and... The first day that I went there, I was like, why the hell did I do this? And, and he was kind of looking at me like, why the hell did she do this? That's what I thought. But, um, yeah, he's, he's getting more excited, but you should take class with him. Yeah. 
He breaks everything down for you. Because the second day I went, then I'm like, oh, okay, I can, I can pick this up. And yeah. I, I was nervous because I had been out of class for a while. And with that style of movement that you're doing, it's all about isolation. And there is a specific technique that goes into popping and locking and all that different kind of stuff. And it takes a dedicated instructor to really be able to break that down for, for people. Cause it's not easy to do. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that can do it, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they can, can teach, teach it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. So watching your progression and seeing like how amazing you look doing it. Like that's just, that's a testament to both of you guys. Like that's amazing that he could, facilitate that for you because I know you wanted to do it badly and you wanted to do it right yeah Yeah. and then there's specific beats that parts of the song I'm on beats parts of the song I'm on words and yeah my little brain is fried but (laughs) he you know broke it down he was patient he cares like he wouldn't be that I mean you hear that of teachers all the time but like he wants you to just feel amazing and of course I'm biased but like he started as a freestyle dancer with no choreography training whatsoever and um I was a little you know at first a couple years ago when he started teaching I was nervous about it but he cares and he's patient and he's so good and I have to say he was just just talking about you last night about how amazing you were and how good you're gonna be so this Saturday come check it out because she's gonna kill it she's gonna look so good and the guy doesn't just hand out compliments for nothing like he he was really excited about it and the student showcases student group they killed Uh it at the show they really did they just like murder was the case (laughs) so much energy and just nailing the choreography Mm -hmm. they were on time they Mm -hmm. were dancing with each other like all those Mm -hmm. things you want to see in a group number on stage Mm -hmm. and again that's the choreographer that instills that in the group, mm-hmm. their energy is what you see. Like, the students take it and they transpose it onto themselves, mm-hmm. but right. the, the instructor, the choreographer, they create the culture. So, and they had a ball up there. That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they had so many people. Yeah, yeah, they were having yeah, a good time. Like- Sparkle and shine, Coco. So my sparkle and shine. Um, she already knows that I just worship her, um, Fanny <laughs> Hypnotti. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, there yes. are a ton of amazing burlesque hosts and MCs, but from get go, I just knew that she was perfect for my shows. Uh, she's quick. She's funny. She's on top of it. Uh, she can be boisterous and loud and vulgar, but she knows how to kind of hone it in. I'm a theater kid, so I, timing and is yeah. important to me, and she's really great at that. But on top of that, I can't run a show without her because she keeps me sane backstage. With Randy, who is her boyfriend, who's also the most amazing person in the world, helps run our music. And the combination of the two of them backstage keeps me from being just a total nutcase. So um, I love her. She's amazing. Everyone should hire her as an MC and host because she's incredible. Yeah, she keeps everybody together backstage, mm-hmm. too. So you're controlling the audience when you're at the front. Right. But then in the back, you're making sure that folks are on deck, that everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, that people aren't getting too loud. Like she's back there facilitating all of that. You know, she's straddling the fence, literally. She is. So, cause it's a different interaction that you're having with the audience and what you're having with a bunch of rowdy dancers in the back that need to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Like that's not easy. 
It's not. It's not. And she just comes out just as gorgeous. Oh, she's and so whatever, beautiful. And whatever character that, you know, she has to play for the show, yeah. she embodies it. Absolutely. Like, and, and I don't care. Nobody wears a corset like Fanny. No. no Nobody no, wears a corset like Fanny. No. So, no, 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 no. She's phenomenal. Our sepia slayspiration is about, you know, sometimes when you're home alone, sometimes you want to go out, but you don't want to go out. And then you think about, oh, I wish I had someone to go out with, and but I really want to stay in. You really need to, you know, enjoy just being by yourself because people aren't going to be around you all the time. You don't want to be around people all the time. I know I don't. And I'm the youngest, so I'm used to being by myself. Mm. If you can't enjoy yourself or be comfortable with just being with yourself, you can't be comfortable being with others. Well, just like you said, even as far as the function of being a performer, we talked about this. If you can't turn yourself on, then how are you supposed to turn anybody else on? If you can't create a character that's believable for yourself then how can you then project that out into an audience? So I think especially for performers, spending time alone to really get to know yourself, even though sometimes that shit is scary. It is. is. You know, you just be looking at yourself like, like, girl, where are you going? What is this? But those moments are important because it's it's you and it helps cultivate who you are. And you never know, there might be some hidden character in there that you could pull out to use for the stage right you shouldn't feel lonely when you're alone no exactly because you should be able to be happy just hanging out with yourself i love being by myself yeah because i know i have two children they're completely different my daughter she's the oldest she always wanted someone to play with her my son he didn't care he would be you put him on punishment and he'd be in his room take something (laughs) away and he's come up with some other little game so he was more comfortable being by himself so Mm -hmm. you you really do need to learn how to be comfortable with yourself and and like you said there's a difference between being alone and being lonely yes right absolutely and well, I think as entertainers, as performers, a lot of it, I look at it as I'm giving a lot of my energy, my time, my love, my passion. And so when that time to be home is a little bit more of a recharge for me yes. and to kind of like give to myself. Yes. I, I love giving to an audience. It's part of why I love to perform, but it is a lot to give. Yes. And so those nights where I can just be home, either just with my husband or just by myself, I really like, I love that feeling, you know, it's a, definitely a recharge for me. And you need to rejuvenate yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like... Take a bath, light some candles, have a glass of wine, write in your journal, like whatever it is that you need to do to decompress, like that alone time is where you do that. It's it's necessary. Slay being alone and enjoying your own company. (sighs) Yes. Now we're going to roll on over to our Burly Biz of the Week. This week... I have decided to highlight a young woman who I stalk online heavily because I think she's fantastic. Her name is Narissa Nefertiri, and she has a website called 
NeneFemHealth.com. All of her products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, formaldehyde-free, phthalate-free, and vegan. She focuses on products for your yoni or your divine separation or your vulva, (laughs) (laughs) your giny. So um, if you are looking for some products to help you take very good care of your lady parts, if you have lady parts that are vagina, she's probably the person you want to see. She also does hair and skin products, and and she's starting a beauty product line as well. She is a world-renowned, awe-inspiring, healthy woman. She's got locks that, like, go damn near to the floor. She's a model. She's fantastic. She's a mom, a wife. She's got these two beautiful, fantastic children. She tests all of her products on herself and her friends, so there's no (laughs) animal testing, right? So she's not going to sell it. It's a test. Right. So, here, girl, try this. She provides the best products by using all natural ingredients and they specialize in simplicity. So you're not going to see a whole bunch of stuff on the label that you can't pronounce. It's all natural. It's an African-centered, created, operated, and owned business for Black people's empowerment. And she has these wonderful things called yoni eggs. You know me, I'm into my crystals, right? So she sells these beautiful yoni eggs and they're for your pelvic floor exercising. Mm. So it's shaped like an egg. It's made out. She has different crystals. Um, Rose quartz ones are always because rose quartz is a love stone. So I feel like you should put some love in your yoni. Yes. So you insert it and you kind of just use your kegel muscles to hold on to it. And I like to wear my mine when I'm cleaning so <laughs> it's like a challenge to like oh, no. but what I will say right what I will say about it is it helps with orgasms it makes your orgasms a lot stronger and a lot more powerful for women who have had children sometimes you feel like your pelvic floor might not be as strong as it was before you had because a whole ass human being came out of there right so yeah. it's helpful for things of that nature people who suffer from incontinence also find some relief by utilizing yoni eggs. So she also does a bunch of wellness seminars. She travels all around the country. So uh, check out her website so that you can see where she's coming next. She has uh, a line of menstrual cups. A lot of people are kind of straying away from using tampons and pads for environmental reasons. And then a lot of them have like chemicals and, and things in there that you not you you know might not yeah. necessarily want all up yeah. in your in your stuff. And they're medical grade silicone. She has this one that I want to order that has a release on it, like a release valve. So you don't have to remove the cup. You can just release the valve. Because oh, sometimes I don't know if you've ever is, like yeah. removed a, a diva cup. It's like carry. It's like sometimes <laughs> it's just like not it's not the most sorry, that was graphic. <laughs> but we got it. And we got it. Like, yeah. like, you know, it can be a little messy, but with this, you don't have to remove the entire thing. You can drain it, that's then, cool. you know, close it and then go on with your day. So I think that's an ingenious little yeah, invention there. Um, but she does sell tampons and pads if that's your preference, but they just don't have any of the bad chemicals. And again, she does these yoni popping. They're called yoni popping, uh, sexual health and just lifestyle seminars. And she travels the country. So check out her website at www.ninifemhealth and that's n-e-n-e-f-e-m-h-e-a-l-t-h i'm seriously just crushing on her she's hair goals body goals like lifestyle goals she's just a fantastic woman yeah she's goals as fuck 
we're going to move into our glitter box. And we have two letters this week yes. from some amazing glitter babes mm-hmm. and BFFs. Yes. <laughs> the first one I'm going to read is from the lovely Raven Von Scrumptious. Yes. yes. Who yes. just had her solo debut at the student showcase. Which was she amazing. Was fabulous. So, Bitch, when so I good. say she enchanted the entire audience, everyone was caught up under that spell. Mm-hmm. She took that hood off, mm-hmm. that face, those eyes. Listen, the song, yeah, the costume, it for her. everything. It was so perfect mm-hmm. for her. And she just did such a phenomenal job. She owned that shit. And like I told her, like, I'm going to have to like change my name to, to something else if she keeps turning like that. Ugh, turn, yeah. <laughs> she has the best fucking turns. And the way she moves, she's just a beautiful dancer. And I'm just so happy to have been able to see her to make that debut because she was Phenomenal. Girl, you know I stand out for you. <laughs> um, anyway, so she writes, Raven Von Scrumptious here. Hello, beautiful queens. <laughs> I know Twirl is like, what the fuck took you so long to write us? <laughs> well, you know, um, honestly, I have no excuse. But I thought it was about time I did. I love you ladies so much. And this is really a thank you email for all that you ladies do. Not only with this podcast, but with the burlesque community and as human femme goddesses. Yes. (laughs) As you know, this past Friday, February 9th, Twirl and I and many more amazing women like Pearl, Kiki, Smiley, etc. performed at Queen Bee's for the Glitter Tribe Student Showcase. I performed my first ever solo that night. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only reason I did it is because, <laughs> because of your support and also that of the previous mentioned ladies and, of course, Coco. I was about to quit because I thought I didn't have it. But every conversation you ladies had on the podcast pushed me a little bit more to get out of my head and to stop trying to be perfect or trying to be just like those that I admire. It's beyond refreshing knowing that even the best of the best have doubts about their acts or get nervous about performance. Sepia, when I saw your beautiful face in the front row, Mm. I was ecstatic and a calm went through me for a brief moment knowing you were there. So again, ladies, thank you. I am truly sad to hear that Butter won't be on the show for now. (sighs) Yeah, we are too. Crossing fingers that she will eventually come back. Or we drag her ass back. That's an option. We're going to kidnap her. Anyway. There you go. She's not going to be able to leave the house. Anyway, um, please keep up these podcasts as they make my Mondays. So for a couple of questions, I'm super new to burlesque and would love to be more involved, shows, kittening, etc. But at the same time, I'm shy and self-conscious about my body, so I don't feel I can ask to kitten in someone's show. That's just an example. How do you ladies think I should address this or any tips? Coco Lamar's on our show today. <laughs> yeah. How do, to yeah. How do people transition into being a kitten if they're interested? What's the best way to go about it as a producer? Obviously, I have a different relationship with my students than if someone just randomly came out and asked me. Right. Um, but in most cases, someone just offered. They said, you know, I really would love what you do with your show. Um, I would love to be a part of it if there's anything I can do to help. And if I can make it work and if I've got enough shows, then I would absolutely love that help. They yeah. know what I'm looking for because they've been in my classes and they've seen my shows. So they know what to 
look for and yeah. do. So really just come to me, you know, email, message, see me in class. Uh, I'll always try to make it work. If you really seem get dedicated and like you genuinely want to help, then yeah. absolutely. Also, um, your best friend is um, Burlesque Mary Poppins Kitten. So <laughs> she... She can also advise you as to what she did because she's all over the place kidding for everyone mm-hmm. fabulously. Yep. And we have already talked about this, ma'am. There is nothing wrong with that body of yours. It nope. is fantastic. It yes, moves it like a dream. And you are such a lovely person. I can't see how any producer or performer wouldn't be appreciative of having you be backstage Absolutely. and helping. I mean, and on stage, because please don't think that just because you did that solo that you're off the hook. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And volunteer for other stuff. Yes. I mean, I was cigarette girl for Coco a yep. lot. And yep. you, you know, did stuff with the dames. Too. Yeah. I was cigarette girl for the dames and passing out stuff. So you're still there. And then you get to learn stuff. Oh yeah, every part of your, what we're doing in a show, whether it's down in the audience as you know, helping with a table, it all will help because you get to watch these shows, get to see how it works um, behind the scenes, and it's all helpful. And honestly, anytime I can get help, even if it's someone just like watching the door and making sure and smiling at people, which I've actually had people do, yeah. you know, just to welcome people. Um, it's such a big help. And it means so much when people offer to help us out with shows because we are running like crazy as producers. And even like VIP hostessing, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a huge thing it's because, huge. you know, you're the first thing that they see when they come in and you're such a warm and welcoming person. You'd be awesome for, oh, yeah. for something Absolutely. like that as well. So yeah, and then you get used to interacting with people and you get your education. I use that so that I could like watch every performer and see how they interact with the audience when they're performing and when they're off stage. So volunteer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Send emails to all the producers Mm -hmm. in San Diego. Again, people know who you are. You're lovely. And I'm sure they would love to have you. Absolutely. Sepia, would you consider having a sewing course like sewing 101? Yeah. I fucking need it. LMAO. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking about that yeah. because I know a lot of people don't know how to use their sewing machine. So yeah. Yeah. I'll think, I just have That's, to put it together. We could do it at the studio. Oh yeah. We'll work the studio. There's more room for tables. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to bring and, tables and stuff in so everybody yeah. can set up their sewing machine. Okay. Absolutely. Aubrey, bring in mine because that thing is just sitting there looking at me and judging me. <laughs> Maybe March. Okay. Yeah. We'll figure we'll it out. We'll look at dates. You'll figure it out. Wrapping up the letter, I hope you goddesses are doing well and keep slaying in everything you do. Much love and light. Raven Von Scrumptious. Blessed be chickadees. Yeah. <laughs> this I, is such a perfect little witch. Can I say something about Raven too? Yeah. She was the only student who ended up in four routines uh, for the showcase. And that's a lot to ask of someone who is new. And she made all of her rehearsals. She was dedicated. And they were four very different acts. Very different acts. And she was able to pull off each one seamlessly. She seemed very in control backstage. And I was just so proud of her professionalism, I think, at that show. So that was an awe. It was amazing. She wasn't a lot. She killed him. Mm-hmm. She did. And yeah. she was being so supportive and lovely to everyone else mm-hmm. backstage. Yeah, like exactly. She had so much to do herself, but she was still so 
You know, just she's such a giving person. She she's just a lovely human being. We love you, Raven. We love you. All right. And then our next letter is from our girl Pearl. Hey, <laughs> this is uh, about episode 15. Hello. Thank you guys so much for all of your flattering comments about me. It's been a rough few weeks, so it was so kind of you. They weren't comments because you know I don't lie. <laughs> and I don't have, if I don't, I just don't have anything to say if I don't have, if I don't really feel it or it's not nice. I just keep my mouth shut. Wasn't a compliment. It's real. We love you. And you're fucking amazing. Okay. Uh, the way you guys build up other women is amazing. The whole white church story was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just drooled. Do I need to read some more? No. <laughs> oh my God. It's never not going to be funny. I have to love this stupid small town mentality. Your comments during the whole reading had me rolling. I am glad you were able to see the what the fuck factor in all of it. I can't believe what people think is okay to say and publish. I love the idea of taking an acting class, and I'm actually looking into that. I'm still building who Pearl DeMorta is, and any ideas and suggestions are taken to heart. I agree that understanding the song you're dancing to is important. I've always loved digging into the meaning of songs, so I'm excited to do more of this as Pearl DeMorta emerges. Thank you guys for another amazing episode. Love, Pearl. Mm. Oh, you're so fantastic. So... I don't know what to tell you because Twirlisha just got here. So I'm still trying to figure it out too, girl. We're on the same damn boat. That's why this whole act development, character development, this whole series of episodes came about out of my anxiety over not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) So just hashing that out and talking about that and wanting to that, you know, to share that experience with everyone else because if we feel that way, then other people <laughs> probably feel that way too. Yeah, we're all still working on it. I don't think it's something you arrive at. No. I think it's something that's always evolving, right? I mean, it's always. And yeah. I feel like I'm still, and I think you should be, no matter how long you've been in the game of performing or burlesque or whatever, you should always be working towards figuring that out and learning who you are and what stage of life you are. And I think it's always changing and evolving. And you don't want to get static. We talked about this too. Like, I think there are signature things that come about about your stage persona. Yeah. Even moves and things of that nature, those should be embraced because they are your foundation. But then there are things that are always flexing, growing, changing, you know, and then seeing those signature things within that growth and change is awesome too. I know sometimes you talk about not wanting to get stuck. Yeah. But sometimes you're not stuck. Sometimes that thing is just something that belongs to you. The struggle is real, girl. We're all, we're all right there with you in the same boat. We're all in it. <laughs> and thank you again for always writing us and always showing us love. Again, you're a joy and a light. And um, if anybody ever messes with you, I will drag them to hell. <laughs> love you. And we'll talk next week because I know we'll get another letter because you're always on beat. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, we also want to take a second to show some love to the folks who have sent us some love on SoundCloud over the past week. Sylvia Flores 13 followed us. Samal Mitchell gave us a like on episode 16, which was the costuming episode with Eva May Garnett. Samal Mitchell also showed us some love on episode 13, which is the Showgirl Sensuality episode, which is one of my favorites. 
and Sophie Rose Bizu. I love saying her name. The winner of Nudie Newbies. Yes, the ultimate reveal. She gave us a like on episode two, Follow the Glitter Brick Road. So she's um, she's just starting to, to check us out, which is awesome. We really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to listen to our podcast with all of the other fantastic things you have going on. I'm sure you're making all these fabulous costumes. I hope that we're like... <laughs> Helping you get through all that because <laughs> yes. that costume is she. Yeah. What? And we are a little behind, but we will be posting a picture of that costume yes. that she wore to win because uh, it was just fabulous. Uh, but to see all the different layers of reveals and then the boa with the octopus and uh, it was it was amazing. Just everything. And uh, also over on iTunes, someone else gave us an additional five-star review. Um, They didn't leave a comment, so I can't tell who it is, (laughs) you guys. But thank you for the review. I'm still giggling at Taryn Garters. Yes. (laughs) We love you, Taryn. Okay. All right. So now we have a special shout-out to give. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm beside myself with gratitude for this person madam trish the dish has joined our patreon page Mm -hmm. i don't even know what to do with myself with that information like for someone like her to care enough about our little podcast trish is a pillar in the san diego burlesque Mm -hmm. community this woman has been through so much and has done it in a way that is so commendable she's just such a beautiful person it just means so much to me that she would extend herself in any way to support us. Just her listening to our podcast was enough for me. And knowing that someone like that cared enough about what we were doing to take the time out of their day to listen with everything that she has going on. And, and, and just knowing that just was so beautiful. And to have her then help us out just to continue making this possible. I'll read a post that she posted on Facebook for us. Good morning, ladies. I started finally to listen on Valentine's Day to your podcast. All I can say is, and this is all in caps, thank you all. (laughs) I'm fucking addicted. You ladies inspire anger, happiness, love, creativity, (laughs) knowledge, unity, and so much more. I want more. In all caps, LOL. Now I'm going to figure out how to donate so that we can all have more of your beautiful ladies and guests. Thank you. Oh, God. I just, okay. Thank you. I just goosebumps all over my body. Thank you so much, Trish. We just, I don't, I I, I can't say it enough. We just really appreciate you. There's legendary people that love us. I don't know. (laughs) That's just fantastic. Our silly self. I know. <laughs> and people just only knew what was happening over here most of the time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the hot messery. All the breaks for cat watching. Right, you know. So, oh, yeah. that's okay. A lot of cat breaks. There's a lot of cat breaks. We are moving on to our DZS facts. And our DZS fact for this episode is Rose Hardaway. Rose was born in Arkansas in 1931 and made her way to New York in show business. She eventually became one of the best-known shake dancers in Harlem and, in fact, traveled and toured as a dancer. By the mid-1950s, she had set her sights on a singing career. 
1959, she released a single entitled Senior Blues on Decca Records. In 1960, she followed the single up with a full-length album, It's Time for Rose Hardaway on Seiko Records. Despite promotional efforts, including an appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, the album appears to have not done well as it was her last recording. Mm. And she was one of those, when we talked about in the past about the difference in shake dancers yes. and burlesque dancer. Mm-hmm. Well, she was she was a shake dancer. Okay. And they do have like this one picture um, that someone caught her with her top off. And so she's covered up and they posted it because she was... She was a shake dancer. She mm-hmm. wasn't a burlesque dancer now. Shake dancers wore like the skimpiest of skimpy uh, <laughs> costumes, but they just didn't strip. So that is Rose Hardway. Awesome. Our DCS facts. And now we're going to move into our PhD in Slayology. And this week we have decided to honor a fantastic performer. I stand out for her a lot. I love seeing her on Instagram. Her videos are fantastic and she will slay a wig like no one else. So this week our PhD in Slayology goes out to Sweet Lorraine. Sweet Lorraine is the creator and producer of Shades of Burlesque, which is NYC's only all-black burlesque review. The monthly production features some of the most talented and sought-after black and brown burlesque performers in New York City, Philadelphia, D.C., and beyond. She founded Shades of Burlesque in 2012 at the historic WOW Cafe and Theater, which is a fantastic venue. She is the producer, curator, and visionary behind Shades of Burlesque. Through Shades of Burlesque, she continues to bring visibility to black burlesque entertainers. She aims to foster nurturing spaces for black women, POCs, and LGBTQ folks to share their dynamic expressions of sexuality. Follow her at Sweet Lorraine NY, and that's S W E E T L O R R A I N E N Y, and at Shades of Burlesque on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Her Instagram, first of all, is hysterical. When I'm having a bad day, she's one of the people that I go to just to watch the snippets of clips and videos that she posts. She will also take a wig that looks like roadkill and turn it into pinup perfection. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she is doing to rejuvenate (laughs) these wigs. I don't know what kind of magic that is, but it looks like something that I could not ever possibly get a brush through. And then it ends up being perfect and just all kinds of styles pinup styles big huge hair all kinds of colors and she's a fantastic wig maker and stylist so if you are looking for wigs or you have a wig that needs rescue (laughs) i have some yes please contact sweet lorraine and just check her instagram out and her facebook if you're in new york or close by go check out shades of burlesque she really does have some fantastic performers rolling through there her smile that body, everything. She's just everything. So we love you, sweet Lorraine. Thank you for curating all the fantasticness that you do and for slaying all those wigs. Yes. <laughs> You're fantastic. Oh, you thought. Here we fucking go again. Mm-hmm. Because motherfuckers are disrespectful to fucking kids at school and to people that need food. And they're blaming it on mental illness, Mm -hmm. which is wrong. (laughs) Very wrong. So 
we're going to keep this brief because, you know, this isn't exactly our lane, but we felt, no, fuck that. It is our lane. It's everybody's fucking lane. It's a human ass lane. And the fact that people are running around scared because motherfuckers want to run around with assault rifles. This is why we're here. There was another mass school shooting in Florida this week. Another. There should never have been any. It is so frightening. I can't imagine being a kid in school and being afraid to go to school because somebody might roll up and start discharging bullets at me for no other reason other than you just can't seem to control your rage. There are plenty of people who deal with different types of mental illness, but the default is not to go shoot up a school. I'm really tired of people using that as an excuse for these people who have entitlement issues and rage issues and then decide to go take that out on a whole bunch of random ass human beings. Nobody owes you shit in this world at all ever. Okay. You need to take responsibility for yourself. Whatever the fuck you're going through, you can talk to somebody about it. Shooting a whole bunch of random ass people is never the fucking answer. I don't give a fuck what the issue is. And once again, here we are with people sending thoughts and prayers. Send legislation, motherfuckers. Yeah, because thoughts and prayers, they're not going to do anything. No one needs an assault rifle. Homicide is illegal. Assault with a deadly weapon is illegal. That means that those fucking weapons should be illegal. This is not a far fucking stretch, people. It's real logic. Nobody needs to have a gun like that. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. Nobody's, if you're a hunter, you have rifles for that shit. Why don't you get a bow and arrow? Be a real sportsman. How about that? You need a scope for bandy? bandy? What the fuck? No. You don't need any of that shit. You damn sure don't need to be walking around in the goddamn target with an assault rifle, open carry, and all this bullshit. We don't live in militia times anymore. We have a whole ass military that's well funded. Okay? We don't need your fucking individual ass guns running around causing a whole bunch of havoc and bullshit. I'm done. My black ass blood pressure can't deal with this topic for very long. I have a school-age child. She's eight years old. And I don't think that I should be having to live in fear every single day for my child just for your right to own an assault rifle. I shouldn't have to go through that every single day because you think that's owed to you. And it's just a scary time to be in. And it's horrifying to know that I'm dropping off my daughter and something could happen in those six hours that I'm away from her. That's completely and utterly out of your control. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing that you can do. It is a completely helpless position because a very small, and when you think about this comparatively, these folks that feel like they have the right to do this are a small group of our population. So the rest of us have to suffer because you feel like you want to do this. Like you feel like it's okay for you to have access and rights to all these weapons. And that everyone should have access and rights to all these weapons. And then also what's really funny to me is they always bring up that mental illness is the mm, issue. Yes, yes. When this happens. When certain people do it, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're brown, you're a terrorist. If you're black, you're a thug, right? Mm-hmm. So, but if you're a white person, you have complex issues and mental yes. problems, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing with that. You don't want background checks, right? But then you want to blame mental illness on why these people are doing this. Also, um, didn't this motherfucker call the, the FBI? Yes, they called, he called the FBI. I want to know where the loophole is there. How the fuck does somebody call y'all and tell y'all I'm about to set it off? <laughs> 
can y'all do? And not do a damn thing. Nathan. I just, can somebody explain it to me? Because I'm very fucking confused. Because they were too busy trying to give you those little stupid commodity boxes instead of uh, real food. Also, priorities. Y'all some dumb motherfuckers if you think that any social welfare problem is what's causing any type of economical issue in America. The money that is spent on social welfare programs is a job drop in the bucket compared to what's spent on corporate welfare, which just got increased by these tax cuts that these motherfuckers just got. Okay. Regular ass people bought out the banks when they purposely fucked up. A whole bunch of people lost their houses. All mm-hmm. that shit happened. And who bailed them out? Yes, we did. What is that? Corporate welfare. Auto industry. Bailed out. out. (laughs) We did that. Mm -hmm. So before you talk about somebody having fucking food stamps because they're struggling, which a lot of people are in this country. Yeah. And let's just talk about the demographic of who's getting welfare and food stamps. The very motherfuckers that are talking shit about people getting fucking welfare and food stamps. Are the ones that are getting it. So it's just like y'all thought that they weren't that. Did you see that video where people were all these fucking white people were like, they came and deported our friends. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? It's the same thing. You're acting crazy about social programs, and then when yours gets taken away, you're going to be really pissed off. Mm-hmm. People deserve food. We live in a society where there is so much money that no one should ever go hungry. And for anyone to sit there and tell somebody you don't deserve to have fresh fruit and vegetables, you only get to eat what I tell you you can eat because you are poor or because you are disenfranchised. Question one, how the fuck did they get that way? Mm-hmm. Question two, why is it so hard for them to get out of that situation? Question three, why the fuck do you think it's okay to tell somebody that they can't buy food? And, and with that, with those rules, they have rules in some cities where you can't even have your own garden where you can, you right. can grow these yes. fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. You can't have livestock in some city limits and stuff. Right. So what are you supposed to do? And just like... That thing where we were reading, you can't collect rainwater in certain places. Right. Yeah, you can collect rainwater, rainwater yeah. which is ridiculous. You, wait a minute. How do you own rainwater? Like, you can't collect rainwater, but you can take your ass down to the Walmart and buy yourself a fucking rifle. Yeah, but even with all this, if you think about it still, there's, they're still doing all this with the NRA and... People still don't have clean water. But you want to cut social welfare. You want to give more money to the military, but people are still drinking lead out of the pipes. How? And you don't want to regulate guns. No, you don't want to regulate guns. You want to regulate marijuana. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you want to do that. Maybe you should regulate the pharmaceutical companies so they stop making all this oxy. So maybe people can get their shit together. I don't know. It just seems like we have a lot more problems to worry about. So whether or not somebody's buying fresh fruit and vegetables with their fucking food stamps. But the limited amount of food stamps that they get. Like, I just don't understand. This is a thing that you want to focus on and control. Yeah. And, and those people don't even go into the grocery store and do their own grocery shopping to know how much fresh fruit and vegetables cost, how much produce is, yeah. meat, they all that other kind of they stuff. Don't they, don't yeah. they don't have to. Mm-mm. You want to regulate people's food but you don't want to regulate people's access to guns these these two these two paradoxes to me it's just so wild that this is the world that we live in that these are the things that you're choosing 
to do. And these are the people that you're choosing to fuck with. It's very interesting. Think about it this way too. Okay. It's okay. You know, you don't want to regulate the guns, but the people who were injured. Yeah. Their health care. Right. Yeah. They take care of them. Right. They're going to take care of them. Right. Who's paying their fucking medical bills. Right. Because now, you know, you, you done so much to restrict and where different, um, health organizations are getting off of the the Obamacare plan right. and so people have have less choices and so then now how are they going to pay for their medical care you care about those your thoughts and prayers to those that, that died right. but what about those that survived and, and need have medical, and care. Need medical care Yeah, it's horrifying that the people who were shot in Vegas had to have GoFundMe accounts to pay yes. for getting yes. treated for being shot at a, at a public event exactly casinos make in a day an hour also i don't see the nra coming stepping forward to fucking help any of the victims of any of this people have lost their children people have lost their husbands their wives they have lost these people are fucking gone over somebody else's right to go on a rampage with a gun the nra has done nothing to support any of those folks Have they paid for a funeral? Have they paid for anybody's hospital bills? Have they given a kid a scholarship so they can go to school because their parent is now gone? So now, you know, are you paying somebody's mortgage? Like, what are you campaigns? Right, Republican campaigns. Right. And these are the terrorists. Mm -hmm. Thank you. These are the terrorists. Your thugs are sitting in Washington and in the fucking boardrooms. That's Mm -hmm. the fucking problem. Mm -hmm. Not some fucking person at the goddamn food for less (laughs) trying to get some goddamn bananas. And I know, I I read somewhere, someone posted something about, well, the teachers should be armed with guns. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't even want to buy that fucking school supplies. You just packed passed a tax plan where they can't even deduct the supplies nope. that they use so that your children can have supplies, pencils, papers. So how are they going to buy a fucking gun? Also, the fact that these teachers even have to buy those things. Exactly. Why are they stocking their own classrooms, mm-hmm. but you want to give them a gun? Bitch, if you don't get the fuck from around here with that shit. And wait a minute, what is security going to do? Because the person with the, with the AR is just going to come. They're going to shoot them on their way in there. I that can't. doesn't make sense. Metal detectors don't work. Security doesn't work. Fucking arming teachers is not going to More guns is not the solution to rampant ass gun violence. Mm-mm. That's not how you fix these things. You don't add more fucking gasoline to the goddamn fire. And that's what you're asking for. That's what mm-hmm. you're doing. What if some kid who is, you know, thinking about doing something like this gets a hold of the gun that's in the fucking classroom because the teacher is armed? You're providing more opportunities for folks to do these things because now they don't even have to get the weapon into the school, bitch. It's already fucking there. Exactly. How does this make sense to these backwards-ass motherfuckers? I don't understand y'all. If y'all want to go somewhere and shoot guns, please leave the rest of us alone and go away. I just, you know, please let Wakanda be real. I'm tired of being here with these motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Somebody beat me to Wakanda. I'm tired. I'm done. I don't, I can't. Stop fucking shooting people. If you have a problem, learn how to use your words. This is some kindergarten basic ass bullshit. Look at these statistics. The United States has 270 million guns and has had 90 mass shooters from 1966 to 2012. 
No other country has more than 46 million guns or 18 mass shooters. All these countries that somebody's president, is not mine, talks about our shitholes. Uh-huh. Um, they don't have all these mm-hmm. mass shooters. Because they don't have guns. Because no regular ass motherfucker needs to be running around with an assault rifle. It's an invitation. million guns. It's crazy. And there's a solution, but nobody wants to go to the solution. No one's putting the NRA on point Mm-mm. saying, hey, they're but not talking to those politicians who, you know, they're feeding donate. those politicians. Exactly. They're not getting voted out. All these people are saying that they have these guns so that they can protect themselves and because it's an inalienable right and whatnot. So here are my questions to y'all. Number one, crime statistics have not gone down, regardless of the fact that y'all have 200 whatever some odd million guns. Okay, crime is rising. Violent crime is rising. So your guns aren't solving any fucking problems, right? Number two, I would like to know how your inalienable right to quote unquote protect yourself protects me because I don't feel safe. And none of those babies were protected Mm-mm. when these folks rolled up in these schools and started blasting off. So where is the protection? Who are you protecting? What about us? Because I don't need to have a murder weapon in my possession to feel safe. Mm-mm. I feel much safer knowing that those motherfuckers are not anywhere around. All of it needs to stop. <sighs> okay. We need music. Do you like us? Do you love us? Do, Do you, you want, want more, more of us? us? You know you do. And we know how you can help us continue serving up all this hot, burly goodness every week. Because we cannot slay on glitter and rhinestones alone. Please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash showgirl Sunday dinner if you want to donate monthly. You can support the SGSD crew for only $2 per month. We also accept donations via PayPal at www.paypal.me backslash showgirl sunday dinner please donate to the sparkle and shine fun today we appreciate all your love and support body Body rolls (laughs) (laughs) now we're going to move on into our dine and dish segment because clearly we need some healing okay (laughs) we need to talk about music and musicality we have coco here because Coco is a master choreographer who always hits all of the beats and then sometimes chooses not to hit some of the beats, which is also just as effective. And then also knowing when to syncopate, knowing when to switch from dancing with the words instead of dancing on the music to create something that's interesting to look at. That's a special mix. So there's musicality, but then there's also the idea of how the fuck do you pick a song? Like, <laughs> what is the process of, like, picking a song for an act? And, and Coco, you have to pick songs for yes. your classes. Mm-hmm. You have to pick songs for your groups. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to pick songs for yourself. It is play. exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to I'm picking a song just for me, yeah. right? How do you do it? <laughs> well, I mean, if I was just to kind of break down between the three, for teaching, it's different because I have a different thing that I'm trying to convey in each routine or in each class when my beginning burlesquers they're so brand new I don't necessarily want to give them the like the fiercest raunchiest stuff right off the bat so I try to pick some things that are a little more like fun and bubbly and cute um so I go to like my people in my classes know Caro Emerald I love mm-hmm. some sometimes more like the classic stuff with Etta James you mm-hmm. know and just something that they can kind of 
hold on to. Um, so I look in that vein. Some of my other classes, I just love beats. But I'm also, for me, burlesque is about storytelling. And I have to really want to convey the story that's happening in the lyrics or the story that is brought to me um, when I hear a song. <clears throat> and that's what I'm trying to convey in my choreography. And hopefully that reaches to people. I avoid top 40, which is what I call like, just the stuff you'd hear when you're out at Walmart or on the radio and stuff that you're going to hear all the time anyways. Because then I will get so bored of that fucking song. Yes. <laughs> and I need songs that like you don't hear all the time. And my hope with my solos is that maybe that, that's the first time you've heard that song. So you'll relate to that song back to me every time you ever hear it again. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so sometimes I'll even look for, like, if there's a song that I like that has great lyrics that relate to me, I will look for covers. I'll go on YouTube and say, you know, this Tainted Love cover, Tainted Love remix. Um, so maybe there's different versions out there that I can uh, use that isn't the same one that you've heard over and over again. Yeah, because I like the Toxic remix. Right, yeah. we found yeah. a really fun yeah. different version yeah. of Toxic, was, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I can change it too. Like, mm -hmm. I know there are certain songs that I can't remember who was saying there are certain songs that no burlesque performer should ever, ever do again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a list of five or six when I was dying. The fever was, was yeah. on there. Like, yeah. yeah. Unless you change it and you're in bed and you're having a fever. And yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, you have to come up with a You have to come up with a spin. Yeah. <laughs> A different spin on some on something that's been done a bunch of times can make it fresh and new too. Mm -hmm. How did you choose endangered species? Because oh, that's like your, uh huh. Oh. Did you think you were going to escape that I just had questions for Coco? I heard the song before, but then I was watching So You Think You Can Dance. For some reason, the song just spoke to me, and I was like, Coco. I always come to Coco. Coco, I think I want to do something on this song. It was the drums yeah. and all that stuff. It was the music. And then when I started really listening to the words and feeling the words, that's how I came to that one. I know that you are working on an act to The Fire We Make. These are two very different songs. So what about that song? spoke to you to choose that as something that you wanted to and you're serious about this act you're like you know going going to the masters mm -hmm. for privates and i'm gonna go to another master too. i know <laughs> but i know you're taking it very seriously so those two songs seem to be the ones that hit you from me just watching the way that you're reacting they hit you the hardest that song is really sensual, mm -hmm. but on a different kind of level because it could be just about the fire that you make just in conversation yeah. or working together, whatever. But the song is just, it's, it's just fire to me. Mm -hmm. It speaks to where you are. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. guess it does. In the song, the fire starts off like a little... Just a little flame, yeah. and then it gets really smoky and steamy and hot. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, I know. It's just, I thought just the juxtaposition of the two. I thought I just I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So now we're gonna move the spot to Coco. <laughs> so you're just gonna call people out now, huh? You can't ask me That's nothing because I don't know anything. So I had to be the one to come up with the questions. Okay. So right. we talked about how you choose music for your students. How do you choose music for yourself as a soloist and then also for your pixies? Mm -hmm. Because they're all very different performers, yeah. right? 
different dynamic. They all move very differently. So how do you come up with a a song that you know is going to kind of grab all of them and have them in it? Well, they just have to do what I want them to do. Hey! <laughs> Catch I love, well, but they, yeah, so far I've been lucky that they've really latched on to um, a lot of the group pieces that I've created. And in fact, sometimes I'll choreograph something and show it to them. I'm like, I don't know if you guys are going to like this or if I'm going to like this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway right. and see how we feel. Yeah. As far as our group numbers, because we're kind of known to be a little more dancey, you know, a little more kind of ride the line between cabaret and burlesque, I do purposely look for things that are high energy a lot of fun that can be kind of the big like razzle dazzle moment Mm -hmm. because I know that they're dancer dancers I tend to give them you know a lot of the quick stuff you know and I want it to be high energy Uh, just like a lot of our routines I want us to be known as high energy really fun and fierce and luckily they've you know most of them have been with me for so long that they can kind of latch on they are all individual dancers with their own styles but um, we've worked together so long that we can kind of match well yeah in a group number and I can challenge them in a different way and then for yourself as a soloist, what's your process? I love themed shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I love being high concept, uh, big themes. So that has to start me in my search. Yeah. I love being able to occasionally do like the fun, cutesy, sweet stuff. But really, at the end of the day, I feel most sexy when I'm being fierce, raw, edgy. I can't help that I've got my hip hop background. So I like things with crazy beats. Yeah. Beats and what the lyrics are saying are super important to me. So I, I like things that are kind of dark without yeah. being like in your face dark, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but have that kind of creepy, fun, sensual darkness that I can just give a lot of face and feel really good about. I love hitting hard beats. I love beats being in there. And that's usually what I'm looking for. And so you hear a piece of music, you love it. How long does it take you to kind of break it down? There's so many different components, right? And then you have to make decisions about what beats you want to hit. Lyrically, where you want to be. Do you want to be on top of the music, underneath the music? Do you want to syncopate? So how long does it take you to kind of break down a piece of music and then figure out what choreography you want to set to it? For my classes, sometimes I'll figure it out on the ride there. <laughs> but because there's, it's more I'm going at it in a different way. Right. I'm like, there's a certain move that I want to convey or a different feeling I want to convey. For myself, I have to I find a song. If I'm not really hooked by the first like verse and intro, pass. If it hooks me, I'll listen to it a few times, and then I'll stop listening to it. And if I go back to it, and I still love it just as much... That I know, okay, this is the one I'm doing. Right. And then I really, I, this sounds maybe like hippie granola, but I don't stop listening to that song. I will lay on the floor with my headphones on mm-hmm. and just be in there. Can't, no, don't one bother me. Mm-hmm. And it's in the car constantly. And I have to live in that song. Yeah. You know, again, it might sound hippie dippy, but I want to hear every beat, every sound, what the lyric, and I go off of how the, they convey the lyrics. Yeah. Like if someone sounds angsty, I want to do movement that looks angsty. If someone's really poppy, then obviously poppy. I have to create a whole world for myself in that song. In that song. Yeah, and that's where it usually starts. So if there's a certain lyric that I'm really into, I'm going to choreograph to the lyric. Okay. But if that beat is just hitting my heart, then I need to hit that as well. So I kind of find the parts that are most important for me. Yeah. And I, I try to make sure, highlight those moments in that song. Got it. Is your process different when you're doing a duet with Sky? Because you both- <laughs> <laughs> we hopefully it doesn't look like this on stage. Hopefully our natural chemistry plays off. But oh, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. like a shoe on the wall. <laughs> I need another drink. <laughs> but the process is 
tormenting for us both because we both hear music differently Mm -hmm. and that is okay there's no one way to listen to music or hear music and that's what new choreographers have to realize as well that just because you hear it differently and would do something different than another one it's not wrong it's just different Mm -hmm. but sky hears the underbeat more than I do because again I'm listening for lyric more mostly he barely listens to lyric he's listening to all the little extras in the backbeat yeah yeah and um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that's keeping you now. And he beats you with that. No. Yeah, <laughs> he he does. <laughs> so we have kind of learned that we each have to kind of take a chunk that we'll do on our own and then we'll bring it to each other. We had to get to a point where we both just came with our half or our quarter or whatever, right. kind of show each other them. And then either we do that mix or we kind of find a way to meld them together and find a way to make it seamless. What advice do you have for folks that are trying to improve their musicality? And then as an instructor, what is the most frustrating thing for you in class when you're trying to get people to understand musicality? Well, I mean, it's one of those things that you can't just teach in one class either. Just the more classes you take, the easier it is to pick up your musicality. I usually try to start each routine putting people in that place of like, this is going to be a slower one. I like, I just did one to big bad voodoo daddy save my soul. And even class today, I said, everything should feel sludgy. So kind of wait for the beat. Don't anticipate the beat. And that's what happens when people are learning choreography. They've learned the choreography and they stop listening to the song. Yeah. And they're anticipating and going too fast or, you know, um, so I tell them, we'll sit down and we'll just listen to a part. You know, and just hear how long she's making that lyric. That's how long I want you to make that arm. Right. So there's counting, obviously, that is a big part. I'm a counter. Everyone knows that I'm five, six, seven, eight. But I try to make sure that they're hearing the music. Like, nope, you're not going with it. Let's listen to the song. Listen to the lyric. Why we're drawing this lyric or this movement out is because the, the song is drawing out here. I notice it more and less in my choreography and more of our across the floors. Okay. That's where I can really tell when we're not really paying attention to the music. Yeah. And I talk about that. You have to find music. You have to be able to find that musicality right off the bat. Cause sometimes we'll have live bands that we play to and you don't know what they're doing, you know? And, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. It's you're going to do fine. You're gonna, Listen, yeah, you're if gonna I could get through it without falling, crying or dying, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, I love, working with a live band but you never really know what's what's gonna happen happen. and it's on you in that moment to kind of find find what it is and a lot of people are get so and I love seeing people get so into themselves but then it's like oh wait there's a beat there (laughs) (laughs) so you still have to be present You, you have to be into it but still present and really pay attention to that song and I tell I give people the the song because we usually do the same routine mm-hmm. two, three weeks in a row. Yeah. The artist and the song. And I say, your homework's to go listen to this. I think sometimes people take your class as your class is fun, but they don't think about it as a class that, okay, well, you're giving me this music that is homework, so I need to go and do it. So yeah. when I come back, I get it for you, but I get it so that I'm getting out of the class what yeah. I'm, I'm paying for. Yeah. And also, it's, it, when you do something over and over again, you get more comfortable with it and you can live in it a little bit more. It's really difficult to get into the musicality of something if you're constantly thinking about what's coming next. Right. Right. If you're yeah. thinking too hard, then you can't be very musical. 
practice before you go back. At least listen to the music a few times before you go back. Yeah. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And we're everybody's trying to learn and grow together. So if you know you've got certain folks in class who have done the homework, but then people who haven't, it's not you're not just holding yourself back when you don't do the homework. You're holding the entire class back, which is like not how you're supposed to be participating in the community. It's not helpful for you. It's not helpful for everyone else. Even if you're just doing it in your car, like, yeah. especially here, we spend so much time in transit. Most like, of my choreography comes from being in the car. Yeah. And I tell, you know, with the girls with their solos, I tell them like, you have to just hear that song and listen to it over and over again. And that's how you're going to come up with it, you know, and how you're going to remember it. And also the other thing is there's no wrong. Yeah. There's no doing it wrong. Yeah. And that's what the beauty of burlesque really is yeah. that, you know, no one else is dancing next to you, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're feeling it, which I think also improv and freestyle is super important. Just know you can do that too. Yeah. Cause I was Ruby Rod. I was like stressed knowing, okay, well I have to be this character that's funny. And I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. So yeah. I just want to tell everybody that of- you fucking nailed it. I just have to say, I, I fell. It doesn't time. matter. It was a good thing that the character was the it's character, fun, yeah. and I came by the character, but I went back in. So just don't stop. That's what I say. Just don't stop. No. Also, ma'am, when you are laying on the floor at the end talking into the microphone, <laughs> it's all great and it's all gravy. But that moment and the way that you capture that just ties it all up. Pulling the pearls out of the wig. Like, there are so many magical moments that you've created that those in-between things that happen. I know I could be funny. Girl, first of all, the first day you brought that wig to my house, I was like, I'm dead. We were upstairs recording and you were wearing it, remember? Oh my God. And like, from that moment on, I knew that that fucking character was going to fly. Ruby Ron is the perfect character for you because it has so much of the things that you are. It has sensuality to it. It has like this kind of irreverence. To it, so all of those things, you own those things. I don't think that you and understand that. You know, I mean, I love yeah. Mm. Sometimes I don't. I don't think sometimes that you realize all of the things, all of the magic you okay hold. All right. What's your next question for Coco? CPA, <laughs> your magic. Just deal. CPA, say your magic. I'm magic. Thank you. She is. <laughs> Coco made me magic. <laughs> oh, no, you did that on your own. What are your top tips for performers that are trying to figure out what song to use? Well, first, starting with like, is there a theme or is there a story or a concept that you're trying to convey with this one and go from there? I would definitely avoid, like we talked about, top 40. Do your research, find those artists that you like and see what else they do. And make sure that you really take the time to listen to the music before you even start to choreograph. Mm. Get to know that song in and out. Look up the lyrics, listen to the beats, and see what part of the song is most important to you. And don't get caught up in just the song itself. If there's a part that you don't like of the song, get rid of it. If there's some, another song that you want to put in there, add the other part of another song. Mm. There's 
there's no limits. There's a song that I do for my Black Widow routine, and because the song itself doesn't really speak super superhero. So I went ahead and just put the Avengers track in the beginning, and I walk out with my guns, and I try to feel very like cosplay, and it puts me in that place where I get super excited about the rest of the routine. So get yourself a garage band or some sort of music mm-hmm. editing app, and go to town. Have fun. Like, pick and choose. Um, make it your own. I think that's the most important. I don't like feeling like I'm just dancing to the same song that everyone else has been dancing to. You know, I want to make it my own in some way by either finding a cover, a remix, or just editing that music track to be what I want it to be. Yeah, learn to do more than just fade in, fade out, you know? (laughs) There's been so many songs where I love all of it except this weird, like, random little instrumental part or something. Like, learn to get rid of it or have your husband do it like I do. (laughs) Since he can hear all the beats, he can hear it better than I can, yeah. That's perfect. did mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we I did. Learned. <laughs> we yeah. we sit here with my <laughs> YouTube garage yeah. pan fucking tutorials. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I remember first learning choreography and coming up with acts and being feeling forced to have to do something to a certain part of a song. And that didn't feel genuine to me. And, like, I, that's the horrible feeling. So make it your own. Because those are my most fun pieces or the ones where I put some different things. I put in dialogue from movies. Like, oh, fun! Uh, yeah, for my Black Widow, um, and then for Poison Ivy, I actually took. And you can do that on YouTube. It's amazing. Yeah, you can go to YouTube and get anything. For Adam's Family, we put the Adam's Family song. Um, that was such that a great duet. Yeah, you know, I love it. Says, you know, and it, I think it helps hype up the the track in you when you hear like the you're playing a certain character and you're hearing the character's voice from the movie or TV show or whatever. Yeah. And I mean even with Endangered Species, putting the drum track ahead of it yeah. just made it magical. I mean it was already magical, but like really enhancing that. So that would be my big thing is make those tracks your own. So do you have some acts that are your favorites? I don't love any of my acts. I always feel like they could be better. I am the, a non-functioning perfectionist. Mm. So I always feel like, oh, that's, that could have been better. That could have been better. I, actually, my most recent, to the, just number one crush by Garbage, my 90s heart, just like I fell into that. Mm. Black grunge, like Dirty Raw was really fun for me. And I had forgotten how much I loved that song. My Lyra act, because I had to hear music totally differently for that one. Because you were spinning around upside down. And, like, I'm used to counting, and I'm used to doing things fast. Yeah. I couldn't hit everything I wanted to hit. I needed to spend, spend more time in things. I had to find the key moments that were really important for me to do something. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I had to kind of, like, just let go and let it be, mm-hmm. you know? And just hope that it gets close enough. And it was a real learning experience for myself of, like, you don't have to hit every beat. Yeah. You don't have to use every lyric. Take that time and really feel the music it was fantastic and then jack seeing jaguar uh-huh and then seeing you step into that realm oh i'll never be anywhere near but it was like really cool to see that transition because it was very clear that you trained with her yeah mm-hmm. and it's very clear from watching that one that she trained with you like you it was saw, really nice and we saw you yeah yeah well i think what was amazing for me to work with her is not only do we you know our styles blend pretty well because we've known each other forever and danced together forever but she knew what i was looking for mm-hmm. i didn't want it to be just a bunch of 
tricks and circus stuff. I mean, not that that's not fantastic, but for me, I'm still a burlesque performer. I needed the sensuality. I needed those moments of being able to take things off. And she knew how to take these moments and make them dancey mm-hmm. and artistic versus I'm just going to try to hit a split here and I'm going to try to hit things. Like, mm-hmm. she really helped me find a way to make it not look like a struggle bus situation up there. So it breathed. It's a, yeah, there was yeah. breath to it that everything flowed and it wasn't the most advanced move routine although we put some things in there that was cool um but i felt like a dancer still while i was up it there it was beautiful it was so beautiful thank you. and congratulations jaguar on your yes, yes, on your wedding, wedding was beautiful. fabulous yay love how do you deal with stillness I feel like in my I've been teaching for 19 years I've been choreographing for 19 years most of my life I've been doing burlesque for roughly depending on who you ask about 10 years and I'm still working on stillness but I think there should be still breath to your stillness you know what I tell my students is when I give a moment of stillness it's not a statue you're not Mm -hmm. stop your energy shouldn't stop yeah like energy that's flowing through you should still be going through you even when you have a slower subtle moment and whether that's just like a flick of a finger or a gaze in your eyes I don't think you should think statue you should just think breath and that's how I kind of try to think about it from now on yep hardest thing for me Mm -hmm. I want to choreograph the fuck out of everything and that's just not how this works that's not how any of this works no no how do you have fun when you have all those nerves? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was talking about this with someone else, too. Once you stop having nerves, you probably shouldn't be performing anymore. Because then you just don't care as much. Yep. But also, I come from theater people, and I... I feel sexy performing for people. I don't feel sexy in my day-to-day life. Like, I'm a mom. (laughs) I've got sweaty hair from teaching dance classes every single day. I don't go out much. So it's my escape to feel that way. Mm. But I also, like, I just, I was born to do it. I don't, not not to sound like in an egotistical way, but like, I need, I crave that experience, you know? And I can't not do it. I cannot just not perform anymore. But what I turn it into is I, I love looking at people. I know that scares a lot of people, but like even if someone's hating, I love watching them. Yeah, I like I'm gonna look directly at you and either make you uncomfortable or if you're having fun, you're gonna make me have fun by watching you. So I I just turn that into looking at specific people in the audience. Yeah, sepia likes to fuck with people. Oh yeah, she really does. I love it. Me too. The whole corporate side of of gigs that we get, you know, we are lucky to be able to have our own shows and do whatever the hell we want, but you know with what I do and with what Pixies we do get a lot of corporate we do get a lot of nightclub or we have in the past and you learn real hard how to have to handle people who don't appreciate what you're doing (laughs) and you either let it kind of drop you down and take you inside yourself or you just have to have that faith that just like I'm going to make you turn around and enjoy what I'm doing and if you don't I'm enjoying what I'm doing anyways so you're not going to change how I feel they need to go home and slay being alone yes exactly or slay going to Groupon and getting yourself a glitter chalk class or ten so now we will move on into our booked and 
busy section because we got shows, we got shows, we got shows. So the first show that we have coming up is on March 21st. Showgirl Sunday dinner takeover. (laughs) (laughs) So CP and I are so fucking excited that we get to be in the same show together. We're such doors. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, we're, like, super, super, super stoked on being in the show together. And also, fucking Booby Trap is one of the most fun fucking venues you can perform in. The bartenders are heavy-handed as fuck. Grotesca, who usually hosts, is such a great time. All of the performers are fantastic. Lily Holiday always has a costume for that ass. Nina is mm. usually there. Just, just I mean, that woman moves yeah. her pinky finger, and I feel like I need to quit life. Like, mm-hmm. she is so elegant and fantastic. So, it's going to be an awesome show. Come on out, Booby Trap. Go to Booby Trap every Wednesday. Come on out, because it's after my birthday. Yes, and CPO will need more drinks. So, the next ah! one is six, <laughs> and it's the Vancouver International Burlesque Festival. I can't even. Oh my god. International traveling fucking showgirl sepia. I know. (laughs) I am the fresh face feature for kind of the United States. Yeah. Yeah, There's a Canadian. Yeah. And then there's the international. Yeah. So absolutely internationally chosen, internationally traveling, just internationally slaying. I know, and I'm doing my first solo ever. I just mm-hmm. think that it's, it's like... I mean, uh, who can say, I know. first of all, I just want to know who can say that their first fucking solo right? got them into an international burlesque festival. Do you realize the slayage that you fucking hold? No. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. We just... Mm-hmm. Magic. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next show that we have coming up is I will be performing in Lola Demure's pre-Viva Las Vegas show here in San Diego, The Hop. So uh, I'll be there doing a solo before we go to Vegas. I'm going to Viva Las Vegas to perform with Egypt Black Nile. Woo! It'll be my first time going to Vegas. And Lola's going to fucking be there. Your first time Her- going to Vegas? Really speaking? Yes. Oh, oh shit. My and Lola's going to be there. Bitch, I might not make it back. Okay? I'm scared. Yeah, I'm going to say goodbye to you. Lola's going to get me so much trouble. You're going to be with Egypt and Lola? You're done. You are done. Man down. <laughs> down. Oh, and then, yeah, um, April 14th. Yes. I am producing Flaunt Burlesque. Uh, so it's kind of going to be the sister shows of Pixie Sticks. So you'll see a lot of Pixies in it, but I really wanted a chance to work with all of the boss-ass babes of San Diego. Put yes. them all in together. Um, we've got Whiskey and Fuego. We've got Sepia. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to represent a little bit from everybody, and if it goes well, um, which I'm sure it will, yeah. um, I want to kind of keep doing that and just keep bringing in other San Diego performers um, because we've got a lot of Dive and Die Lovely's going to be there. It's going to be a really hot show and I am just so stoked to be able to, you know, we have such a large troupe as Pixies that I don't always get to have as many guests as I would like so this is my chance to just like get as many as I can. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited about it and that's April 14th at Queen Bee. And then on 420 (laughs) I'm going to be in Viva Las Vegas. And I don't know if I'm coming home. <laughs> Pray for me, light a candle, whatever you do, to whomever. 
sure you pay homage to. Please do it for me because it's going to be a lot. I'm going to be dancing with Egypt. I don't even understand how this is my life. <laughs> oh, Brian was going to be there. I might go into coronary arrest before <laughs> I even hit the stage if I see her. So yeah, just so many blessings. So excited. There's just so much going on. Please look at our website. We have our booked and busy calendar, which has links to all of the shows and where you can get tickets, information on times, dates, all of those things. And then also what you'll see, we added pictures at the bottom so you can see all of the flyers for the show uh, because our, our burlesque family puts a ton of effort into the flyers that they produce and they're so beautiful. So I was like, we got to add those too. So check that out, www.showgirlsundaydinner.com. Click the booked and busy tab and all that information on our upcoming shows will be there. Now we will move into our pasties and cake. Uh, This is our dessert portion where we kind of wrap things up and talk about things that we love and inspire us. My pasties and cake goes out to the fucking Black Panther movie. Yes. Ciao. I'm so, my heart is so warmed by seeing all of the joy that people Mm -hmm. are getting from the release of this film. It has sold more tickets in pre-sale than any fucking superhero movie ever. The idea of Wakanda is so um, just heartwarming for me. If it exists, could y'all please come and get me? I don't belong here. I belong with y'all. I need those outfits. I mean, just the costume. And then I guess like the thing that hit me the hardest when looking at the casting of the movie, when the casting first dropped and then seeing how it's rippled forward, all of the women in that movie are dark skinned women and they all have natural hair or bald and they slay all of it. The costumes are perfect. The way everything fits them are perfect. Representation is important. And seeing all of these powerful dark-skinned women with their natural hair in this fantastic place, like, it's such a beautiful thing to see that happening and to have that happening now and to see so much positive response. And then also I get a really great chuckle out of the fucking haters because why are you mad at this? What about this could possibly make you mad? And this is where the transparency comes in. You are so pissed that this is an awesome movie about black people. You're mad. You're just simply mad because of that. How many white superhero movies have right? we had? Why is it a problem that we have a superhero movie? Why are y'all mad? Yep. And if you think that we haven't had a movie that showed that much elegance and stuff since coming to America, mm-hmm. opulence. Let us have a fucking opulent ass moment. Shit. Just stop being mad about it. It just makes you look ridiculous. I'm sorry. Stuff like that typically makes me angry. But because of the joy that I have gathered from this movie, it just makes me laugh. (laughs) Y'all are fucking funny. I can't. Just stay mad about it. Did you see the Christian group that put out the thing that they were boycotting the movie? What? Don't come, bitch. We don't want you at our party. That's okay. Please don't come. Why does even? I don't know. I, what does what does being Christian and black pa- but and and why, why, why not, yeah. black? How do those and, things and, go and together? And they realize that Black Panther came out before Captain America and some of the other child superheroes. They don't. They think that it's affiliated with the Black exactly. Panther Party. And even if that were the case, first of all, the Black Panther predates the Black Panther Party by yeah. several months, I believe. Mm-hmm. Also, the Black Panther Party was not a bunch of black people running around with afros and guns. And when okay? those little school lunches that you're. School- 
crunches, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like, that's the stuff that the Black Panther Party was about. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real. Propaganda and the FBI fucked that up. So before you start talking shit, know your shit. Or stay in your fucking place and listen. There's that. That's always helpful. So that's my piece, and Kate. Mm-hmm. Wakanda forever! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I'm hopeful that all of my glitter babes already know how I feel about their show (laughs) and what they did, but I am still constantly inspired and impressed by the students of Glitter Tribe, not just how dedicated and loyal everyone was through the rehearsal process, but like I I was telling you ladies earlier, like the one thing that I take away, because again, everyone knows me and and I'm crazy about facials, (laughs) Um, but just how many facials we got and how every single performer on that stage um, last Friday looked comfortable and at home on the stage. They were confident. They were gorgeous. They looked like they were meant to be on that stage. No one looked like they weren't sure of themselves. And that is my biggest takeaway and my biggest proud moment, proud burlesque stage mom moment was that they all look like they belong there, you know, and they felt beautiful and confident. I just look back. I was joking about it with someone else. I'm like, man, my first burlesque performance, if you look at my costumes and my pictures and all that, like hot mess. And I'm just so proud that everyone got to some of those students for the very first time. Yeah. Only taken a couple classes maybe. Yeah. And went through that process and and just killed it. it I'm just... I can't stop talking. I'm sorry, I can't stop talking about it because it's just like they... I'm so proud and impressed and so happy that they got something out of our classes and got something out of that experience. So I, I'm so happy for them. Oh, and I should say just real quick too, um, I want to thank Minx and Sucre Juliet yes. because I had kind of forgotten that we didn't have kittens until <laughs> <laughs> before because uh, I just wrapped my other show and I just, and luckily Juliet was text me one time. She's like, I haven't seen you in a while. Do you need anything for this show? I was like, oh my God, I do. <laughs> and so they both stepped up to, um, to be kittens and of course they, they were amazing. Um, but I was really appreciative that they helped and they both were just in awe of everything everyone agrees like we've done roughly three student showcases I guess if you consider the one mm-hmm. before the, sh- the studio officially opened and this was by far beyond anything else that we've done before it was, it was, so it was, it was a sold out yeah. show impressive. incredible really and I'm just so proud of them well my pasties and cake is Coco <laughs> yay I wouldn't be talking to you <laughs> <laughs> decided to take a class it was just so much fun and just what my soul needed Coco you have like helped me the whole way and renewed my life who would ever think that something like taking a class and learning something new would do that so yeah you're my pasties and cake forever y'all that's so it all over everybody else. I know. Dragging them, kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to share that kind of stuff. That's going to wrap things up for us. Once again, thank you so very much to all of our dinner guests every week who come and listen and support us. We love you all very much. Please take a moment to click the like button Give us a five-star review, write a few words, leave a comment. We really appreciate it. It helps with all, you know, the algorithms and things of that nature that we need to kind of keep the podcast going. So thank you for that in advance. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. 
where we will be talking about something that's an absolute surprise. Also, there will be prizes for the Showgirl Sensuality Challenge. Okay. So if you have not entered, please do so. We were putting together an amazing goodie bag. Mm-hmm. CP and I are actually going to choose the winner. We're going to consult with a couple of other burly babes that we respect. And we will be announcing the winner and a live stream during our duct tape <laughs> our duct tape dress form party on March 2nd. So you have up until the end of February to enter the contest. So please do so. Yes, ma'am, Miss Coco. I, I would love to add some classes to your Oh my wow. god! Okay, see? <laughs> it just got fucking real. We can Get do a it. class package um, oh, oh, add in there because oh, oh. I'm loving seeing all of these on Instagram. Okay, yes, so. I know. This is wonderful. <laughs> Y'all better get in on this. All right, so the rules are you have to make a video and tag us in it of you freestyling to music. You're not allowed to judge yourself and you're not allowed to edit it. Just do it and post it on Instagram and tag us. The second thing that you have to do is an exercise. So what you're going to do is take, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, just look at yourself naked in the mirror. And then write down, you know, three, four, five things that you are grateful for, thankful for about your body. And then you can either do it as a video. Smiley LaRose did it as a video. It was really cute. Or you can take a picture of yourself and post those five things and tag us in that as well. And that's how you enter the challenge. So you can do it all in one post with the video and then your five things. You can do two posts, however you want to do it. We just need those elements within the post. And then you have to tag at Showgirl Sunday Dinner in it. And then you'll be entered into the contest and we'll announce the winner. And we're super excited to to see what you guys do with it. And oh my God, the generosity of Glitter Tribe and Coco <laughs> to like add a class package. Get in on this, y'all. All right, so we love you all so much. Thank you very much for being with us. Be- okay, yeah. can I call someone out first? Oh, wait, CPA has a call yeah. out. Um, Pearl, I don't think we've seen your sensuality challenge. Uh-oh. We haven't. Mm-mm. Yeah, Pearl. <laughs> um, Pearl the Morta, you just got served. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, she ain't gonna write us no more letters. <laughs> yeah, that's the yes, best <laughs> First of all, <laughs> she does often hit us with the first of all, which I I told you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys, we love you. Thank you so very much. And we will see you next week with a surprise episode. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you all for joining us this evening. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Showgirl Sunday Dinner and on Twitter at SG Sunday Dinner. Use the hashtags, hashtag Showgirl Sunday Dinner or hashtag SGSD so we can follow all the social media conversations happening in between meals. Visit our website at www.showgirlsundaydinner.com for more information on the showgirls, our upcoming performances, and booking inquiries. You can also always email us at showgirlsundaydinner at gmail.com with questions, tips, advice requests, recipes, suggestions, advertising, and our booking inquiries. Showgirl Sunday Dinner will drop every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it will be available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Please share us with all of your friends on social media and leave a like, comment, and or five-star review while you're listening. We hope that you are all full and satisfied.
stay sparkly and we look forward to glitter and dinner with you all next week on Showgirl Sunday Dinner. Dinner.